Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. Today, you are joined by Zach and Hunter, bringing to you our first audio-only podcast. We're going to try our best. This is going to be a little bit different than anything we have done before. We don't have any uh, audience interaction, but I'm going to throw it over to Hunter for two off the tee, and he's going to explain to you what that is if you guys are new here. Yeah, so two off the tee this week's going to be a little bit weird because so two off the tee, uh, if you are new here, what it normally is is we get one question from social media, and the second one comes live from the chat board. But we had a like, I don't even know, a zip code wide internet outage or something going on today um, with the company I have internet through. So here we are. Um, so I'm going to answer the first off the tee and maybe Zach can come up with a second off the tee while I'm, while I'm going. I'll put him on the spot there. If he All doesn't, right, I'll try. If he doesn't, we'll just have one off the tee. It'll be a tournament play instead of two off the tee. You'll have one. Okay. So this one came from Reddit. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good question. It says, if you could only carry two discs in your mid range slots, what would they be? You answer the question so I can keep thinking. Yeah, so and I'll come back to you. Uh, two discs. So I was th- I was thinking about this. I don't know if I would rather have a understable and a like understable and overstable mid because then I could like hyzer flip it to flat, or if I'd rather have a straight mid and an overstable mid. I definitely need an overstable one. So for my overstable mid, I think I'm gonna go with. For my overstable mid, I'm gonna go Malta. Um. It was either Malta or Buzz OS in my head. The Malta's currently in my bag, and I, I like how it flies, especially backhand. I love how it feels and how it flies. Forehand is where I'm a little questionable on it, but I'm going to go Malta for my overstable backhand or my overstable mid. And then, man, this is tough. I have an answer for mine. I'm going to go Malta and Buzz. I think I'd rather have a straight disc that I could put on Annie or forehand than I'd rather have than an understable disc. So I'm going to go Malta and Buzz. But what about you? So I was going to go Buzz as my first disc. Yeah. And then I was thinking just going Buzz, Buzz OS. But the Buzz OS, if like you've only got two mids to throw, you're going to want something pretty overstable. Mm-hmm. And the Buzz OS isn't that overstable. True. Like I know if you've seen mine, it's almost a straight flyer. And then at the end, it dumps off. But like it's not really. So I, I think I'd go like Buzz and Justice just to have something okay. like super stupid overstable yeah. and then a straight disc. Um, so yeah. Okay. So my question is out of all of the tour, you know, locations right now, not based on course, but based on location, which one would you want to go to the most based on location? I mean, do you have an answer for this? No, I just, can oh, you okay. just put me on I the know. spot for it. I, so man, I came up based on it. location. Probably. Oh, I do. I do. Um, not based you on course. You can't pick Europe. See, because I wasn't going to pick Europe. Everything in my head, I'm picking. I'm basing off course. Yeah, you can't. I know, Location but I, I think I'm gonna go Smuggler's Notch. Okay, yeah. Green Mountain Championships. I think I'd want to go to Utah. Really? Yeah. Those mountains, dude, are insane. I could see that, but then pick a Colorado tournament too. Well, yeah, but I, don't I guess know. that's not on tour. Yeah. Technically, yeah, tour location. You have to go Utah. Like the the mountains behind, um, you know, on that golf course that they play in yeah. Utah. Go watch Jomez right now. That's true. Ooh, gosh, it's ridiculous. That's true. I guess if you're not basing it on course, too, that, that would yeah. up it. The first one that came to my mind was like Third on the Mountain and like something in Florida. It was okay. But the location's uh, really not that great I was either. Say Florida's kind of. Eh. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I like Green Mountain Championships. I'm glad I thought of that because I think that, yeah, that's my choice. That's a good one. Smuggler's Notch. I've always wanted to go there. Hopefully, I get to go there uh, here in the near future. Which, speaking of the future, will transition into our main topic. That was a good transition. For I know. If only I had planned it. Uh, the main topic for tonight, which is basically the future of disc golf, or you can also call it disc golf after coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you're going to call it. 
So this topic was created. Um, it was actually created for last week's podcast, but then we had Brody come on. And so we pushed it back to this one, but it was created uh, based on a tweet from Hannah Macbeth that said, do you think there will be less people touring full time after this? Um, so this tweet, along with a, a long response thread by Andrew Fish, um, which I'm not going to really address his that much because he had a, a lot to say. So if you're on Twitter, check out his account um, and read what he had to say in response. Um, but basically they were thinking on how disc golf will be affected. And then I was thinking how it will be affected in the long term by the virus. And also the second part of that is how long it will take to get things back to normal. So I'll first ask you this one, Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's address Hannah's initial question. Will less people be on tour once this resumes? Yes and why yeah so i think that you know a large portion of tour is made up of the um the lower end of the tour yeah touring uh individuals so i think those people went out or they had to go out to try and find a job whatever it be yeah um you know obviously not a lot of places are hiring right now but maybe you they had to find something to make money in this time where they couldn't play disc golf just to make ends meet because that's what a lot of the lower ending lower tour people do is what that's what they do they they tour and they just make ends meet and they keep going going to one day maybe you know be on top of the game i think a lot of those people who didn't have that extra money had to go out or is gonna have to go out to get a job because the money you know is not there at all um so i think we might see a little bit less people on tour uh when this all resumes what do you think so I think, I think there's two ways to look at this. If, if we're going numbers standpoint, I don't think so because of the fact that every tour event's going to fill, but right. it might be from local players. Yeah. So if we're going numbers alone, I don't think yeah. we'll see a difference. Now, if we're going based on like these players are touring, like these players are at every event, most likely, and it's probably the players like you're talking about the, the and I wouldn't even say like, I think there's like three tiers. There's like the top tier that, to be honest with you, they're probably not even financially hurt by not playing disc golf right yeah. now. There's that tier. And I would say there's what, five or six players maybe in the world maybe. Uh, that are on that. Maybe tier. not even that many. Yeah. We'll, we'll say five or six. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I have no idea how many would be there, but the yeah. top of the top, their tournament earnings probably don't make up that much of their day to day lives. Then there's the next, you know, tier. And I feel like this is where a decent chunk is probably the top yeah. 50 or so mm-hmm. is in, they have other money coming in, so they're probably doing okay. They're not going to have to worry about paying bills or anything right now. They're probably doing okay. We're talking about like disc sales. And that yeah, they stuff? have okay. signature discs. Okay. Their contract might have a little bit of guaranteed mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. I feel like that's probably the next 50, maybe even more. I don't know how, how deep this goes. Um, it also depends on tour series discs. Right. Like uh, one thing that is definitely going to hurt is Discraft. Yep shut down was had to be shut down and so have they haven't been able to get their tour series disc out yet yeah um we did hear today that they're supposed to be opening up soon they're supposed to be opening soon but we've heard that a lot because it was supposed to be april 30th which would be tomorrow tomorrow, but now i'm hearing may 15th so i feel like every time we get close it pushes it back because originally it was like middle of facebook today i saw it was supposed to open up they're opening up tomorrow oh maybe then see Um, like i don't know i i heard i heard may 15th but i didn't uh that could be false information but um, regardless, their tour series is supposed to come out at the end of March. Right. And now here we are 
going into May, and, yeah. and they're not here yet. All so, those people that were supposed to get that money from those discs, yeah. they did not that, get them. Now, hopefully, maybe Discraft has some type of thing like, we know we're making this many, we'll give you the money up front. Maybe. There's, I, have I don't no, think so. I don't think so, but I have no way of knowing that. But other companies, like Dynamic Discs, have done more tour series runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people have started YouTube pages, Patreons, yep. but I feel like that next that next like 50 or so players probably have some source of income still. Okay. Then there's the players that, to be honest with you, I don't know how they're on tour to begin with. Not skill-wise, just money-wise. Like, yeah. touring's expensive. Right. And, uh, the, and the pay, like, the amount of money that are in tournaments right now is not deep enough to pay out yeah, those people. That's why we always talk about, you know, we could talk about this for another five hours, but how there should only really be, like, you know, 50 people on tour, yeah. the whole tour cards and all that kind of stuff. But, like, uh, that's where that gets into, right? Yeah. Where there's not enough money for them. Because then if you get to the lower part, like, let's say that you're maybe a top 100 player. Maybe. Yeah. If you're a top 100 player, there's there's tournaments on tour where you're the very bottom of cash. You mm-hmm. might Maybe you're not cashing. The next week, you might be in the top 20. Right. Uh, but it's going to fluctuate. And then you're probably not on a guaranteed contract. You're probably mm-hmm. not having tour series discs unless you make them yourself. But then right. that's more money. So those players that are already, we've talked about, like, how do some of these guys grind out on the road like this? Yeah. If they're living off of savings, you know, maybe they're okay. If they had a great job before disc golf and, but a lot of them seem to be younger, which means they they didn't have a job before disc golf. Um, those guys, it's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, what will happen? I don't know. Part of me feels like they'll go right back on tour because there's no, like, I just can't figure out the rationale of how they were on tour to begin with. Okay. So I feel so like... you're saying it couldn't have gotten worse than what it was before. Yeah, like, there's there's some yeah. players that, that I... Makes sense. Like, if you, if you probably look at their averages, it's like, they have to be spending more than they're making. Oh, for sure. On tour. I mean, I, I already know one person in mind that I'm not going to say that we can easily do that math, yeah. and it's much more. So then, if you take that into consideration, them getting refunds from every tournament... Yeah. It's basically like them getting last cash at every tournament, which for some of these players is better as, than they would. Yeah, as bad to say is better than they would have done on tour. Yeah, and they don't have the cost of tour. Right. So my long story short, my answer I think is no. I don't right. think there will be less players touring. I think it'll it might look a little different. There might be one or two tournaments to kind yeah. of get it back up. Um, but I, again, I, so I'm thinking of like the people that we know tour. But if we're talking straight numbers, I think like if you stop touring tomorrow. I would start touring tomorrow. Yeah. So like the numbers won't switch because there's, there's but probably seeing like people specific yeah. people might change. There's 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 probably some people that this situation is having the opposite effect. It could. Yeah. They're saying I'm a great local disc golfer. I just got laid off. Mm-hmm. I'm playing disc golf every day. If I don't tour now, I'm never going to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so because I've had some people, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or I've seen posts of people saying like this is the only chance I'm going to have to like really play disc golf. And yeah. so I'm all in right now. Yeah. And you know, they come from a stable job. They might be in their mid thirties or something. They're like, screw it. Let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think the numbers might see a change. And the sad part, well, not really sad part, but kind of sad part is like the players that those numbers switch, we won't even know. Right. Because I mean, when are, when are you looking? Yeah. Unless you know a player, like he's a good friend or something, you're, you're not looking down past the top 15 or 20 yeah. unless you're looking for, like if Paul's fallen out of it or Ricky or Nico or Yuli, or if you're looking yeah. for a specific name, other than that, when do you scroll into 110th place I on to, the PDGA? Just to see how bad people shoot <laughs> on, on tour. So I don't know if numbers necessarily will be. Yeah. Um, 
But that addresses the first question. And then I think we have to look at four different points here. Yep. Uh, the first one is local tournaments. The next one will be local clubs. Then we'll go to the national tour slash pro tour and we'll round it out with the majors. Okay. Because, um, I mean, obviously this is going to have an immediate effect on all of these, but we're mm-hmm. kind of trying to look at what is the longer term effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so with local stuff, I mean, the PDGA suspended sanctioning through May. Um most likely, I would say that's the last one they do. I'm, I, I could see so. them after May saying, base it on your local government as to whether you can run it or not. Did you hear that too? Because I heard that no, from somebody. No, I did not hear that. Oh, well. That's just per- my estimation. This person told me that they were going to tell you, but that uh, the PDJ was going to make um, exceptions uh, for local governments who say, hey, you're allowed to go outside. Like, you know you don't have to be inside right now. You can go play disc golf that, uh, you file like a petition and then you can host your, you know, sanctioned PDGA event. Interesting. Because your local, uh, government allows you to. I think the tough part is like, cause our area that never shut down the disc golf courses, right? No, not once. But the problem is they did restrict the amount of people that can be there. They did. So like, I mean, the uh, tournament, our tournament that was in question, we've already, announced that we've postponed slash canceled it the battle for bedford yep. may 30th and 31st we had 80 players mm-hmm. um by postponing it we're going to expand the field to 144 yep, um we're going to use that second course yeah that everyone has been seeing that paul has been designing not yeah. his course but the other one in bedford so we'll have two field we'll have to, uh, you know two that means i have to become a uh td td you've already passed the test because you played in nationals okay so you're set there it's just the day-to-day running of it yeah um but luckily, we're two minutes away, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. two courses. I don't think it'll be too, too bad. Um, but if we wanted to run it, yeah, the, I yeah, think yeah. the issue is like our local government would let us have people outside, but they wouldn't let us have 80 people as it stands right now right. show up. So even if the PDGA said that, I don't know what... I mean, there are some, like I think... Uh, There's like five or six states Missouri? that opened. I think Missouri opened with zero restrictions. I think Missouri is open. I'm pretty sure uh, Georgia is open. Um, I know from you know hannah's dad that texas is opening in the next like week or so yeah like there there's a few states that are getting ready to open yeah so that could be something that plays into it especially georgia there's a a big scene around atlanta yeah um and appling where idgc is Mm -hmm. so that could that could play into it but um so once play starts let's just assume it's june for now because that's the earliest we know so how long do you think that it'll take the local tournament scene to get back to where it was back to thriving a little while because like you know let's just say it opens back up in june and we don't know that for sure yeah so like let's just say we figure out june 1st then like you know we still need a little bit of time or not maybe not us particularly because we already have a tournament that we can like launch yeah but like you know people they might not have tournaments ready to go and advertising all that kind of stuff players facts so like they have to spend a few weeks to you know design I, they can't see me but i'm using air quotes <laughs> I, that i kind of forgot about design the tournament you know yeah. like all the surrounding whatevers um so they'll need like maybe two three weeks i don't really know how long it takes to do all that if you're doing it by yourself but i think it depends on the the size and right. scale you know if you want to throw you could to be honest with you i could throw a c tier together tomorrow right because but you're then, also that's you though but we're also talking about like a, a C tier player pack. We can just we also have foundation, so you can just say right. grab a disc when right. you come in. Right. And I, I feel like there's a lot of TDs in that type of scenario where they're like, grab All right, a let's disc. just get them ready. Yeah. But then I think if we're talking B tiers, A tiers, 
That's I mean, it took us a few months to like to uh, knock down that sponsorship money, added cash, all like of that everything. stuff. Yeah. So like, let's just say if they want to throw a B tier like we did, you know, it takes months to get added cash and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Sponsors. So like, maybe they don't run the tournament until July, July. August. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know because really, if you think about it, sure, we can start filling the market with C tiers, you know, left and right. But also, is that is that what we want? Yeah. I mean, because they're not. I don't think that they're going to be as qual- maybe they won't the quality won't, won't be as what well, uh, as geez. high. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. Maybe the quality won't be as good. Um I don't know. I think it's going to take a little while yeah. for the, you know, the local scene to start going again. But what do you think? Uh I, I would agree from that standpoint. Um one thing that I think might struggle cuz I mean realistically if you're planning a B or A tier in June, mm-hmm. you you should have started the planning Mm-hmm. prior to the virus because we had our right. we were ready to run our tournament yeah. in you know early march we had everything set all yeah. we had to do is get the course ready and right. print out signs and stuff so if they told us tomorrow that the tournament's back on right we we'd could, be fine yeah um but you know i know other tds might not be in that scenario or if you're playing a tournament for june you might have started playing in march and then right. all this happened you're like well what do i do now because i'm kind of in limbo yeah. so let's just assume let's assume that a tournament director had a I don't think June 1st, the first weekend of June, what, June 6th and 7th would be like Saturday and Sunday? We'll go with that. I don't know if that's accurate. We'll say June 6th. A TD has planned since the beginning of the year to run a B-tier June 6th. And if we go in our case, which our case, Virginia wouldn't be open because it's June 10th. But let's just say that our government said you could open June 1st. Now we're talking only six days, right? Six days out. Do you think, I think my answer for this is probably going to be yes, but attendance do you think attendance would be lower at that, that B tier? Talking about like, we were just in quarantine from basically March till June. And now within a matter of six days, you're ready to go fully back to an 80 person tournament. I think that there's like two ways that that can go. There's the people who are like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to be in like an 80 person, yeah, you know, an area with 80 people. And then there's people that are like, I wanted to play tournaments, you know, two months ago when this was at its peak. Yeah. So I don't know which one outweighs the other in the disc golf community. It probably depends on location too. I guess. Right. But I mean, like, I, I think that if we launched our tournament, you know, and with a hundred and something person field, I think we would still be able to fill it because I feel like over here, people just want to play Yeah. or like in our surrounding areas, but maybe like the West coast might be, you know, more, down to like staying home for a little while yeah not playing until maybe you know that towards the end of the summer like i think it would depend on yeah you know where you're from but that's almost everything like we're saying right now is almost just depending on location location yeah i was gonna say because even like if we go with our immediate area honestly i feel like if we ran our tournament next week we'd probably get 80 people out i think so too i mean our i know our local club like yes we're not running like you know events but they are very active on the Facebook page playing every day together. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, not, it's not like club organized stuff, no, but no, there's no, no, people no. constantly posting yeah. like, hey, I'm going out today. Anyone want to join? And yeah. there's and, three to four people every time they're like, yeah. Right. Um, which I will say, I've heard of reports other places of like groups of like 10 to 15 people on a course and getting stuff pulled. Right. That's Lynchburg. We're not close to that. Right. Well, that brings us to the lo- number two. Are yeah. you ready to go to number two? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So that, that brings us to number two where... Um, Local, you know, clubs. local local clubs, places are having their baskets pulled because yeah. local clubs are not really, you know, abiding by the rules of mm-hmm. having, you know, what is it like 
three people that they want or something like that. Some of them, I, I, I think it's the 10. It's just it's ten, there's that many ten. people. Yeah. Like, I know back in New York where I'm from, the baskets got pulled um, because people were just like, I guess they're playing mob golf is what they call it, right? Yeah. Um, where just huge groups were going out and playing. And I didn't understand it because, you know, not that... Okay, I won't get my views on the virus, but, like, if you know that they're telling you stay in less you know, less than groups of 10. And then you go out in a group of 10 and they're like, all right, well, if you do it one more time, we're going to pull the baskets and you do it again. And they pull the basket and you're like, ah, oh, what the heck? Yeah. Well, no, like you're dumb yeah. because they told you they were going to well, pull the baskets off, on you. Why are you playing in a group of 10 anyway? Yeah. I've like, never done that before. Everyone on the no, everyone no, on the disc golf course would hate you. The only time I've done it is survivor golf at two days in May, which is a ton right. of fun. Okay. Uh, but that's like, you have a group of 10, everyone plays the whole, whoever scores the worst on the hole falls out. And then you go to one person standing right. and it's for a decent amount of money. Um, but yeah, that's so that, completely that's irrelevant purpose. to this. That has a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't understand that either. Um, because to me, like, I feel like our area, I haven't really seen more than groups of two or three. No, and, I haven't either. And I feel like everyone in our area is Maybe hard like to three judge. Or four. Our area is hard to judge because the virus never got serious here. No. As far as numbers, nope. uh, deaths, hospitalizations are in less than 10, maybe a little over 10 right now. Currently. Yeah. Well, I know in Hannah's hospital, there's like three. Yeah. So I like, mean, I looked it up and I mean, this general, this area, it's like 0.04% of the population between Lynchburg, Bedford, Appomattox and Campbell County point like 0.4% have it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like out of 200,000 people, there's less than a hundred cases. Yeah. Uh, something like that. And so like our local government is writing to the governor. They're putting out propositions to reopen us as a local county and stuff by May 8th, mm-hmm. whereas our governor saying June 10th. So it's hard for us to kind of judge certain things right. uh, as to how bad it's getting because our Parks and Rec probably hasn't even considered pulling the baskets because they're yeah. like, I mean, what what's the risk of the basket versus a grocery store in our location? Right. Well, again, you know, we're being encouraged to go outside. Yeah. Our governor is, is telling us exercise in the parks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I'll read this right here. You know, a lot of places are having these stay-at-home orders where, like, you can't leave your house. Yeah. But then we have a stay-at-home order but our governor is telling us to go outside and play. Yeah, he shut so it's down, different. He shut down the beaches, right? But then encourage you to still go to the beaches to exercise. Yeah. Like he's saying, if you're getting outdoor exercise, that's good. Do it. So, I mean, we're probably in a weirder situation than it is. We're not weirder, but better for disc golfers than a lot of people. I know my friend Jeff actually in Northern Virginia. He wants to get into playing, and he's been watching all of our videos. Never played before, but he said. He asked me to go up there, and I was like, well, is your course even open? Because that's Northern Virginia. Yeah. He said, uh, I looked, and it said they're open, but you have to carry around a spray bottle with bleach in it to bleach wow. water and bleach to bleach down the basket uh, after you're done, like, putting out. That's wild. Yeah. So, like, er- literally, that's just, you know, an hour away. Yeah. So, that's j- just from an hour away, it changes that dif- that drastically. Yeah, I mean, here there's nothing literally nothing there's signs outside on on trees that say you know welcome yeah <laughs> please play well, what, the one sign said like hey keep playing but there's been a lot more litter from a lot more traffic yeah. can can someone pick all that up um uh, i think the the biggest way this might affect local clubs is tds tds are typically high up in local clubs or run the local clubs or something uh to do with the local scene tds who had tournaments planned march through let's just say June because that's all canceled that had players packs bought with custom stamp disc with yeah. the date on it. Cause at every manufacturer, you have to put the date and the year year alone is not good enough. 
you have mm-hmm. to put like May 21st of this. So then you get all these in. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can reschedule the tournament, but the here I am thinking because we're, we're planning on rescheduling the Battle for Bedford. The more I look at the schedule, you don't know when Worlds is. You don't know when Am Worlds is. Uh, you don't know when, you know, some of the other majors are being rescheduled to uh, some of yeah. the Pro Tour events. So if you're trying to plan a decently sized event and you don't know when any of that's going to fall yeah. and you're kind of throwing a like a dart at a map blindfolded, hoping you land on the right date that nothing else fell on. Yeah. And then if you pick a date, that's tough. And then you're also competing with everyone else's tournament who got canceled. Right. Because in this area, I mean, there's I mean, if you go to within a two hour circle of here, um, we're probably talking like 15 or 20 tournaments that are in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And that on top of fall disc golf in this area is way bigger than spring disc golf. Yeah. So once we hit fall, that's when tournaments really start picking up. How are we supposed to plan a tournament now in the fall when you have to combine, basically compress the season into six months? Yeah. It, um, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be hard. I think that's, what's going to hurt local clubs, especially clubs that have big fundraiser events that a lot of times happen in the spring. We had our like club kickoff. Luckily it's not PDGA sanctioned. Uh, so we'll be able to reschedule it pretty, pretty easily. I feel like, but it was just a club kickoff event at a local brewery that had to get canceled. But like, let's say that was a big PDGA sanctioned event. And that's like how we get our club funding to go do what we want to do the rest of the year. If that got moved or canceled, now you're kind of up the Creek without a paddle. Like what are you supposed to do as a club? Yeah. I, I think that could be something that could have a lasting effect on local areas. It could, especially when clubs, um, not saying that, you know, not all clubs that don't have money aren't run well, but sometimes you just don't have money at the end of the year yeah. and, you know, at the beginning of the year. So if you didn't have that money and like you just said, and you really needed that event to do anything for the rest of the year, and then you don't have that money, you can't do anything. And then like maybe the group starts to dwindle down in numbers and then it takes you a whole year to grow up your group again. Or, or you your might local not club. get the group. Right yeah. It, it might just dissolve. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but again, because like over here, I don't think that w- that'll happen. No, we're. I mean, it, I can speak from our local club. This is our biggest club year ever, ever. which sucks that we're we are where we are. Well, I can't say ever because it's it's the biggest in well, recent history. Yeah. I don't know about way way in the back, but I mean, we had we way, sold way out. Of, <laughs> we sold out of bag tags, and then we put a reorder, and I think we sold out of those. We have like seventy five club members this year, and I think last year we had thirty six. Yep. So insane growth this year. Crazy. But we, we can't really see it because everything's been canceled so far. Right. But, you know, okay, so this is another thing to talk about local clubs. You know, those 40 people that we didn't have last year mm-hmm. that we have this year. So, you know, there's nothing really going on with club events. Yeah. So do they come back next year? Does the group, does the, you know, do we go back to it, maybe 50 people instead of 75 because they didn't really get to see the yeah. benefits? I think it depends on what happens the second half of the year. Because, okay. I mean... To me, what's going to happen is we already had the Sunday morning or the, the uh, sorry, Monday morning weeklies mm-hmm. going on. Those are fun. I think those will pick back up Yeah. Uh, as soon as this reopens. As soon as this reopens, then we're our handicap mm-hmm. league has yep. been pushed back months to where we're starting when it should have been ending, basically. Right. So it's basically we weren't we planned a month gap. We're basically not going to have that month gap between one weekly to the other. So Tuesday weeklies are basically going to go from you know, middle of June all the way through September, October, somewhere in there. Uh, and then I know Thursday weeklies will get started back up, Friday doubles, uh, and then I think Saturday's um, like a tag event, and then Sunday is, no, Sunday's random draw doubles, Friday's the tag event. So 
I think once it gets going, mm-hmm. basically the rest of the year, almost Monday through Sunday, almost every day of the week yeah. minus two, you'll have something to do. Yeah. But again, it depends on your local government. Yeah. Because like right currently, even though we're writing to, you know, the governor, yeah. still June 10th is, you know, the number, the date that we hear and we're the latest in the entire country right yeah. now. So like, who knows? Maybe he's going to push it back even more because yeah. we have no clue, right? Because we were all surprised when it was pushed all the way out till June 10th. So, uh, you know, maybe some other um, states are, you know, doing what Virginia does. I don't know, you know, alliances, whatever. But like, maybe what if they push all the way back to yeah. where like, then those clubs are in the same same boat than we will well, be. Yeah, in. I think it just depends on the club response. If right. the club comes back fired up, promoting stuff like crazy, yeah. and it's still able to get almost the same amount of events, obviously weeklies, you aren't going to have the same amount of weeklies because right. that's every week. But the same amount of like big weekend events. We had like a rivalry series coming up. If all of that's still able to happen yeah. and the players still feel like they got a good value out of their, the club entry fees. Yeah. I think they'll come back. Right. Um, for the local, the local scene's sake, I hope they come back because right. I don't know about you, but I feel like during this whole virus thing, I feel like our scene's gotten bigger. It has it, a lot bigger. Like courses you, you that mean just like people have people, people playing the course. Yeah. We we went to a course the other day that is not played very much. I have much. never seen people there. And ever. It was especially packed. especially people that I don't know. Yeah. I've seen lo- people from the local club. Yeah, I didn't know any person that came up to yeah, us. Yeah. We had there's like five groups like that said five or six groups that like saw us and recognized us from the videos, but in general, just to see five or six groups out there is weird. Yeah, Normally, like when you get to hole nine, you might hear chains like four or five holes ago. And you're like, oh, wow, someone else is actually on this course. Because yeah. that's why we played it is it's like a, as close to a private course as you can get without being a private course. Yeah. Uh, and it was, packed, it was packed, which is awesome to see. We've been avoiding Peaksview and Sandusky. Because those are... We know those are packed. But actually, I went the other day with Hannah and there was there was one group at Sandusky. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, so well, that's weird, Maybe. right? Yeah. Well, because I, I I just heard people going to play and they're like, yeah. I had to wait on hole one because there's three groups teeing off. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Stuff like that. So that's why I've avoided yeah. it. So I'm like, I don't want to go shoot a video and every five minutes we're waiting for a yeah. group to pass It'd through. It'd be a five or, hour video. <laughs> yeah. It, it would take us it an takes, eternity to shoot. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I've been avoiding them. But I don't know if other scenes are like that, but I feel like our local scene, as far as the amount of players it is kind of growing. I agree. Which could be one good thing that comes with this is I feel like a lot of people are looking for stuff to do outside and disc golf's a great option. Yeah. All right. You want to take the NT and disc golf pro tour? Yeah. So this, I feel like this one, we, it's just a big question mark right now. Um, so right now they're, they're set to resume in July for the disc golf pro tour and August for the national tour. Um, both have said most likely when they resume, it will be without spectators. So the first question this raises, do you think that we see a NT or Pro Tour event that has spectators this year? Yes. And okay, so then the follow-up question is, when is that going to happen? Well, how long do you think they're going to push these out till? Because it's not like you can go and like play until December. It's going to be snowing. It's no, five I, degrees I, in some places. I wouldn't be surprised if these events that they're missing, they might not make up or they well the ones that they're going to postpone aren't they i feel like they'll, oh, they'll try to they'll fit, try it. fit them in in like off weeks yeah um, I, I think the the ones that are set on the schedule now will be the ones that are the bigger events and the ones that got quote-unquote postponed um are probably just going to be like you know hopefully people show up maybe like the last two tournaments i'd say there's going to be people okay so, so i don't know what that is so do you think we'll just say we'll just throw a date do you think ledgestone 
has spectators. And that's when? August. Yes, I do. Okay. So... I think Lech, like if Ledgestone has spectators, it's going to be one of the biggest ones we've ever seen. Also a weird, um, also a weird thing that will happen with Ledgestone is a lot of these tournaments are saying non-players. Like you can't have a spec spectators means non-players, like people who aren't participating in the event. Ledgestone's massive because it has a whole am field. So there's going to be like 500 people that that are. Well, that's the question is do since the am field is playing in the event. If there is this restriction of no non-players on the course. Right. But they're players. Are, yeah. So do you think it's going to be like you can't, still can't watch because you're an AM, not a pro plane? Or, I don't know. Because if, if you let the AMs come over and watch, why, why make it where spectators can't? Because right. it, it's going to be basically a full gallery. So, yeah. So we've right. also seen... Uh, I guess that's a major. I'll talk about that in a second. So the the next question I had. Which, Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. So this doesn't really affect anyone watching, okay. but it'll affect us infinite. Pro, I don't know who else will be there. Like if there's no spectators, do you go and vend? If there's no spectators, no. Well, what if, ooh, Ledgestone maybe because the am side's so big. Right. That's um, what I'm saying. That I think, I think Ledgestone, you would probably still vend because the am side, it's like, it'd be like vending at am worlds. There wasn't really spectators at am worlds, but there's You're tons right. of people to vend to. This you know is what I mean? True. Um, that if, was a good weekend. If you go to a different Pro Tour event, and there's, there's no, no point to show up. Right. If it's only Pro Tour, like Waco, right, 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 right. I don't know if Waco had an AM side. I don't think they did. I don't know. So if you go to Waco and there's no spectators, pros don't buy discs. You right. know, maybe the the lower end, if they lose something and they don't have a sponsor, they yeah. maybe. But when you're talking 90% of the field, the only thing they're going to buy is if they lost their money force and they can't get it from Discraft for another week and a half yeah. and they need one then they'll buy it. But yeah. that's not enough to travel, especially for us to travel yeah. 14 hours or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but Ledgestone, I mean, with 500 something people, I, I think it's bigger than that. Actually, yeah. with, isn't with, it? with Ledgestone, I don't know what the field side is, but I don't know. if, as long as the am people. side is still playing and vending still allowed to happen, it's worth it because yeah. the, the am side will be big enough. Okay. I, sorry. I, well, I so feel like I, I think I agree with you. I think by August is so weird to me because to me, it's hard to imagine like, it's hard to imagine it lasting that long. But at the well, same time, it's hard to imagine it lasting up to now. That and here too. we are. Um, yeah. So I, I'm i more of an optimist. So to me, we're back to normal in August. We're yeah. guns a-blazing, spectators full, filling courses, and coronavirus is the last thing on our mind. But I know that optimism is not always realism. So I don't know what yeah. the actual answer is. I mean, we also know that as soon as summer hits, that the virus is supposed to die down. Well, yeah, because your immune system should go up. Even if the right. virus doesn't get hurt by heat. Well, it's, it does. It's it, supposed it, to. It's supposed to, but it's also been thriving in some really hot climates. I guess. So uh, there's a big question mark around that. But in general, in America, as the way I just said America sounded like America. I, don't, I, I hated myself when I said that. I don't know why. Uh, just the way I pronounced America. Anyways, in America, when I feel like we have all these climates, and so once the heat goes up, our immune system will go up some yeah. with it. And then that's the key to fighting this virus is your immune system. Plus, uh, the key is also figuring out who's already been exposed to this thing. Because if you do immunotesting, I feel like the numbers would shock us as yeah. to how many people have had it with no symptoms. So there's a lot of questions in the air outside of disc golf that will affect disc golf. But one of the big questions that I don't know what the answer is to this, and I'm going to hear your opinion, the disc golf network. Okay. They have to be hurting already, but we'll talk about that in a second. On tournaments that there's no spectators allowed, 
do does the disc golf network make all rounds free or do they still keep their pay-per-view model so so are you asking me what i think they're going to do or what they should do i want to hear both okay does that person have any say in anything that one person no okay so then i'd say that they should make them free um you know obviously not from okay my my disc golfer self should says they should be free. My business self says absolutely not because yeah. money, money, money in the bank. Yeah. Because everyone's gonna pay to watch. Everyone wants to watch. So, you know, two different sides of you know that self. So which way do they think? I think they're gonna make it free. I think because I think that people already hate them. So I don't think they want even more people to hate them. That's a tough one. It is. But like, I, I mean, could, it's just mm, a guess. Mm, mm, mm. But like, you're telling me, right? You've got the same two ways I, what I just said, right? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. th- I mean, when I, when I wrote that question down, I was thinking maybe the first one's free. Okay. As like a, as a sign of goodwill and try to get yeah. some subscribers back. And <laughs> then it goes back to the. I'm to sure the, they've to, dropped down to the hundreds. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. I I have no idea because to be honest with you, have since, they put any content out? That's, I don't. I haven't checked because I after after the <laughs> Waco ended, and there wasn't like because I'll be honest the the like after show and the like interviews, I loved it, but it wasn't quite the quality I was hoping. Yeah, um, it was good. It wasn't great, basically. Um, so I enjoyed it because it was more content as a disc golfer based solely on that event, and you know you got little wrap up shows and stuff like that, but. I, I think they, they made a little bit of a mistake by saying, by like throwing the fact that the guy who's like running it had worked on ESPN's The Jump yeah. because then it put this picture in your head of ESPN's quality and shows. You know what I mean? Right. Which obviously he's probably capable of it skills wise, but you got to have a lot of money put into just the production to get that quality out. Right. So I, I don't know. Part of me, I think it was like not overpromised, under delivered, but like my expectations in my head were way higher than I should have had them. Um, so, so, uh, I don't know, but I enjoyed those. Yeah. But once that kind of ended, I didn't pay for the disc golf network for anything other than coverage in the shows. Yeah. So I didn't care about the podcasts that are on there or these random, random parts of content that are coming out. I don't really know what they're putting out. I know they have to still be doing something because, they hit my card last month or like a okay. few days ago. Yeah. So there's obviously something still coming out, Yeah, uh, but I haven't really paid attention to it. So I don't know. Either. I, 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 whew, I has a tough answer because like you said, for the sake of the disc golf community, you hope they do it free, but for the sake of the disc golf pro tour and like the amount of money that they've already lost making this thing work. This is, on one side of the equation, it could be a catastrophe if they could. make people pay. But on the other yeah. side, it could be an opportunity they don't get again to get subscribers. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> what the answer is to that. I just thought it was an interesting talking point. Well, so so if you were... Mm-hmm. I was, what is his Jeff Spring. Because so let's just put it like this. If, if Foundation had a streaming service... We, were, we are them right now. Yeah. And we have to make the decision. So I personally make it free... Um, but I don't put it on YouTube. I make it free through the disc golf network where you have to sign up and be subscribed. Um, and then the only thing that this sounds bad, but the, the thing that'll happen in between you being subscribed and you getting hit with the card is you'll get an email saying 
tomorrow your free subscription ends and your paid subscription starts. Okay. That's what I do. So what about, you know how they did like the first few rounds you had to pay for and the last round was free yeah. of every tournament. Yeah. That was their, that was their model for this right. year. Why don't you, what if you flip it and the first few oh. rounds are free and then you make them pay for the final round? Cause that's what people want to watch, right? Yeah. Because but- in my mind, I don't like the whole last round being free business mind because like, well, half the people that like are going to subscribe don't have to subscribe anymore because they get the final round. Mm. So mm. that you're still giving people like, say if it's a four round tournament, you're still giving them three free rounds. But they're not but giving if, them anything that they want. But if they want that final round, they got to pay. So I don't know. To me, if I'm making this decision, Dude, if, I don't I'm, know. if I'm Jeff Springs, I'm making it all free. Okay. But you have to subscribe. I think okay. YouTube makes zero sense because there's no commitment to it. You're saying I'm not, I can't it get there. hooked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Netflix free trials or anything free trial. Like yeah. you get in there, you get well, hooked, and then you want to hang around. And so then it's like once you're in there, yeah. you're hooked, and then, you know, it rolls around. And I mean, half the people. Hulu just hit me the other day. Yeah. more Like they got me in their free trial. It's good. Yeah. Well, then like more than half the people aren't traveling to tournaments once right. spectators are back. So yeah. if you get them hooked on the software and how it works and everything about it, then what's five bucks a month if they're a PDGA member? And that's how everyone's going to think is what's five bucks a month now? Yeah. Whether or not that's the decision they make, I don't know. That's how I would think about it because if you're on, if I'm on YouTube, I'm never thinking I'm going to Disc Golf Network if I'm right. getting everything free on YouTube. Right. But if I have to go through them regardless and I have to have an account regardless, then it's that thing of who's going to ha- go through the hassle to unsubscribe. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's the beauty and curse of email marketing and subscription services. Is who's gonna, you know, yep. even though even if it is just clicking one button more, mm-hmm. that one button more, you're like, yeah, it's five bucks a month. Yep. Why why would I spend three seconds clicking a button? It's five yep. bucks a month. Yep. That's how I think about it. What they do, I don't know. I don't know either. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, because I feel like we'll it's such a polarizing it issue that is. if they make the wrong decision, which to me the wrong decision is making people pay still keeping the same format with the same format they have right now. If they make that decision, I think people will get ticked, but this is not. Yeah. Yeah. People are already ticked about it, uh, which I don't understand that because I think this is somewhat of the future of disc golf is it's going to get more money into the sport. We've talked about that before, but I I do think that's going to be an interesting decision that this virus has kind of forced them into is what do we do with this thing we've created? Because, I mean, then if you give it out free, you're also going months with no planned income coming in. Right. Now, from what I understand, from what they've announced publicly, they have the money to run this for one year. Right. I mean, they could not have picked a better year to have the funding to run this for one year because there's no money coming in right now. Yep. So, uh, to me, it's too good of an opportunity to waste. I would make it, you have to subscribe, give it all free, and then have that $5 hit you. And give them an email. Give give everyone a courtesy email so people who really don't want to pay five bucks or nine bucks if they're not a PDJ member can have the time to be like, okay, I'm gonna right. stop this. But that that's just me. All right. Well, uh, what, there's one me. more question I want to oh, ask okay. under this point, which is: At what point uh, is it during this year, or is it possibly next year? At what point are foreign players allowed back to the USA to play in national tour and pro tour events? Uh huh. Because I mean that. That question, I don't know the answer to. Well, is there is there uh, a block uh, right now? There's a block on travel. all immigration. But not but travel. I don't know about travel. There's been travel bans, yes. Right, but I don't know. I don't know how long they last. I don't know any of that. So I can't really answer the question because I don't know the whole political side of this end. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a travel ban right now. I know some of it, too, has also been like 
I, there is certain ones because I've heard of European players that were trying to make the decision because they knew once they went back, there was no telling when they'd get back in the USA to play. Right. Uh, and I think there's some countries that are the other way too. Like you, you can't travel in at all, no matter right. where you're coming from. So they're like, if I want to go home, now is my only chance. Right. And so if they made the decision to go home, they know if I come back out, I might not get back in. Right. So I think that it's a very interesting situation because even if local yeah. governments open tomorrow, the you know U.S. as a whole, it might still be in the best interest to block certain countries from traveling in so that we don't get a second wave of the virus. Right. Which I think. I think we will anyway, but... Oh, I mean, the second wave is inevitable, but yeah. hopefully by the time it comes, there's some treatment plan in yeah. place or something, but I don't know. Yeah. I, it was just something that came to my mind, and it seems like we're both on the same page of having I, no clue what that answer is going to look like or will be, but no clue. welcome to 2020, yeah. where nothing's for certain and uh, everything's about, up in I the air. I heard this the other day. I think it was a... I don't know if it was a podcast or something. 2020 has been like the crappiest year in, in, how, in the longest... In a long time. Yeah. It's been crazy uh i saw it was a tiktok i saw and the dude Is that, what uh, that was Maybe i don't know I saw, I saw a tiktok that said um i said you know oh man i have a bad cough and a fever i'm gonna go to bed real fast and then he woke up he's like who's playing basketball and then saw kobe oh. and it was like this like you know that face where you like blue it's like that blue face filter yeah. where his mouth drops open and then the top comment was just think a few months ago this joke made zero sense i was like that's a very valid point yeah but yeah, it has been, but you know, we still got the second half of the year. Yeah, we do. We 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 you know we can turn this thing around. That's Together. how I look at this. Together. Okay. All right, the majors. final point. Majors. So currently, the U.S. Am uh, U.S. Ams have been canceled, uh, as well as Junior Worlds. Um, so, you know, yeah. I know. Go ahead. I just something that just hit me is uh, the Junior Grant winners were announced. Oh, yeah. So they all got like, I don't know if they got their everything paid for Junior Worlds, but it's something big with Junior did. Worlds. So I wonder what happens with that. I don't know. That just, I, I ju- literally just thought of that. We'll have to reach out to Eagles Wings and figure out because yeah. um, we were a part of the Junior Grant. We gave them all uh, gift cards. We did. But um, I know that's going to be interesting. A lot of players, a lot of AM players, this is like their biggest thing is going to AM Worlds and it being canceled. Well, well AM Worlds has been postponed, not canceled. The U.S. Ams. Oh, U.S. Yes. But that is still, I mean, when I was... What did I just say? You said Amworlds. But when I was was at Am and I qualified for U.S. Ams, I never considered going to Amworlds. I almost went to U.S. Ams. Okay. Um, Where did we go? We went to Amworlds. To Vend, yeah. Amworlds, right. Okay. I never played in either. I regret it, but I never did. Um, Uh, Also, Pro Worlds, Amworlds, the European Open have all been postponed. Um, So what do you think? Are they going to end up rescheduling these tournaments or do you think that they're going to just be pushed back to a point where they have to cancel because there's no dates to push them in pro worlds and am worlds i think will happen okay european opens tricky because of the same thing we were just the talking travel. about travel yeah right. and especially because i think that was in july mm, yeah um i don't know i mean they didn't say i can't say this but i got a phone call from someone today um talking about a tournament that they basically they didn't confirm that the European Open was canceled, but the way they were talking about it was basically like they were trying to make this tournament, the exact words were the European Open in the USA this year. Uh, they are like cr- basically creating this tournament. I don't, I mean, it, I don't know who this person is who called me. I don't know what their relation is with Discmania or anything like that. I mean, you don't know who the person is. I legitimately don't. They called me out of the blue. They just got my number off offline because they were trying to get us to come to the tournament. I haven't told so, you about it yet. I haven't um, even heard about this guy. He called me like an hour ago and I just thought about it. 
Um, Don't forget. You got to tell me. Yeah, I'll explain it to you. But uh, he, the words did come out of his mouth of like, we're trying to make this the European Open in the USA this year. So to me, that means it's canceled. That feels like the, the European Open's canceled. But who the, who is this person? That's why I don't know. Yeah. Did you uh, get the name? I mean, I know his name, but I've never First heard and of last? the last. No, didn't get, didn't get a last name. Mm. Never heard the guy. Never heard of him. He uh, is not where Discmania is located. He just said he was with Discmania. So what level he's with Discmania, I don't know. But okay. um, that that could be interesting. To me, the European Open is most likely going to be canceled. That's my guess. Because uh, it's such a big event anyways, and there's so much that goes into it. I know when uh, Paul was with Innova, he would fly out there weeks early, and they had full-on like media shoot set up. He yeah. had, like, a, they, they had like a schedule for him. They would pull up with a car with his face on the side that was his to drive. <laughs> it was like a true pro event. Yeah. And he would literally have like signings set up at different pro... like. Uh, sports shops like yep. Dick Sporting Goods, basically, but in Europe, he would have signings set up at like one or two a week. Like he had practice rounds that were filmed and covered by local media. It's a huge ordeal to postpone to me. Like I feel like to get yeah. all of that, they you know they have it all set up to get it all set up and then have to postpone it, and especially postpone it with this question mark of what if we postpone it till August? A second wave comes and right. everything gets like slowed down that's with, down that's again. any that's with any tournament though right well yeah but european open i feel like it's especially risk because it's the biggest tournament of the year in europe yeah pro world is bigger <laughs> not not a spectator wise no spectator wise yeah. uh, european open is but i'm saying like coverage wise and stuff pro worlds is bigger yeah but um pro worlds and am worlds i feel like aren't as much at risk because you don't need u.s players to travel overseas right because pro worlds you know as our current state if there's U.S. players in it, you know, uh, the top 10, top whatever players are going to be there. You know, it, once right. you talk about top players, you're really just missing Sepu Payu and a few of the, like, um, guys that are bursting on the scene this year, like that uh, Oscar-y uh, is that his name? Uh, that, like, 17-year-old that tore up somewhere. I know Albert Tam. Yeah, He's so out there. you're missing one or two, but it's not like you're missing Paul, Ricky, Eagle, yeah. Simon. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. Simon's European, but he lives in the U.S. now, so he, that's, he has that plan for him. So... Okay. So I feel like pro worlds, pro worlds will happen is my feeling. And I think it'll be postponed. Uh, I don't know till when, but I feel like it'll happen. And I feel like if anything, am worlds will be canceled also. Am worlds is a, is a questionable one. Um, the only reason I don't want to say it'll be canceled is money because am worlds is a big money making weekend for a lot of disc golf companies. Where are we going? No, oh, it's, okay. it's in Orlando. Okay. Um, I was like, I, pfft. I didn't know. We were going, you know, when it was in Pennsylvania, we went yeah, so yeah, six yeah. hours away. But Orlando, I'm not driving 12 hours. No offense to anyone, but I just won't feel <laughs> We're it. driving 11 to... Uh... To, to Le- Ledgestone. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not doing that two times. They were, yeah, they were no, close no, no, together. They were like a few weeks apart. I, I was know. not pulling that. Uh, not yet. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Amworld's... There, there's too much on the line, I feel like, for companies just to let it go. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong there. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. But I just feel like there's certain events that make people too much money that it's hard to let, like... Because I saw some reports say Disney World and Disneyland are going to stay closed through 2020 to 2021. And I was no. like, there's no way. Because they make up so much of Disney's revenue yeah. that Disney has to open. I think it's like 30-something percent. Okay, yeah. like a, a, We're talking billions of dollars at that yeah. point. Disney's not giving up billions of dollars yeah. when they could open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a certain point that money gets in the way of, of what might be the right decision. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> I mean, if you, that's what I mean, you don't have to, uh, you know, money runs the world. Yeah. I mean, so especially when you're Disney, like how I are mean, you to give up that? But when you're anything, right? When, when you're Am Worlds, I mean, when you're Am Worlds and you're talking about the presenting sponsor that paid, you know, five figures probably to be the presenting sponsor. You think? I, I believe it's over 10,000. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you might have already yeah. sent baskets down to these courses to yeah. have the baskets replaced. Yep. You've invested a lot. A lot of money. And you know I'm going to be the big vending tent there. Who is the presenting sponsor? I don't know this year. 2019 was uh, Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, I don't know who's, who's 2020. look it up on the spot. Um, but I just feel like there's a lot invested to, to lose it. But I could be wrong. Um, Pro Worlds, I just I can't see it missing. Am Worlds is on the fence for me and European open, I, I think is as good as canceled to me. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't see logistically how they, how that could happen. Um, but, uh, dynamic discs and latitude 64. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know that. So I think one of the final questions here, well, I have a question for you. Okay. Go for it. So let's just say worlds doesn't happen. Pro worlds, pro worlds doesn't okay. happen. Pro worlds. Who's the world champion? No one. There's, there's no world champion for 2020. You don't use points. You don't use anything. I, no, I don't understand how you could. Okay. Because I, like, they, they've talked about in the NBA voting on a champion for this year, right? Okay. How could... Voting? Yeah. Just what? voting. Yeah. I, I think the NBA will, will come back in, you know, a few weeks, but... I, yeah. I um, mean, MLB is supposed to come back, but they're... I'm glad you talking about go back. <laughs> uh, I just don't see, like, it would be tainted. Like, it'd always have an asterisk next to it. It'd be, yeah. I hate to say it, but like, Germs USDGC win. Yeah. Where a storm canceled it. Was it, it two rounds? A round and a half? Uh, I feel like it was three. Was it? I feel like it was just Saturday's round that got canceled, but Ricky was storming. Yeah. Like, no offense to Germ, but I feel like that was Ricky's USDGC. And it got, like, that, like that's always, and Germ could have won. He could have, right. he could have the final day pulled it off, and he won it fair and square. It's just, always and in his mind i'm sure it's the same way in everyone's mind it's like well it was canceled day early and i i've heard germ say it he as much as anyone wanted to play that final day because he he doesn't want to have a title that has a question mark next to it no one does so i don't see how pro worlds could do that to me if you're not going to be able to play it don't give it to anyone that it's just not worth it like i how are you going to have paul Macbeth 2020 world champion when he didn't throw a single disc on the world championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. How are you going to make discs and stuff like that? Yeah. And he's like, I'm a six time world champ. And everyone, even if he got to 12, everyone be like, no, you're only 11. Yeah. Don't, you know, come on. Climo still beat you. Cause yeah. one of them was given like, I, I just can't see that happening. Yeah. Makes sense. But so what I was saying before about baseball was, I don't remember who I heard this from. I could have dreamed it. Cause I really have no clue, but I heard that they're going to come back with obviously with no fans. Yeah. Instead of playing in their actual stadiums, they're going to play in their spring training stadiums. Uh, Why? I don't know. Logistics-wise for travel. Because, like, uh, you know, you have the Arizona League, and then you have, like, the league that plays in Tampa or around that area. Um, So... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know anything about baseball. It's okay. It's like the Grapefruit League, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Grapefruit? Yeah. They named them after fruits? That one is. I don't remember what the other one is. (laughs) Um, And then... So like, and then you wouldn't have like American League and National League anymore. Yeah, you would. They would split up from like what they normally were. So like, for example, in basketball, you wouldn't have like, you know, what is it? The East and the West. Yeah, you would have like 
half the East is now the West and half the West is now the East and you play teams that you've never played before, mm. you know. So, I have then, heard, yeah. uh, I have heard, I don't know if it was football or what it was, but there were some things that were saying similar things like they would play it in, you know, only a few stadiums or right. only a few coliseums for basketball so yeah. that everyone, everyone would just kind of be there and you wouldn't have to travel a lot. Right. So this I makes sense with baseball too is because like then one group is in arizona and one group is in florida yeah so that's it there's not not much travel. i have heard that disc golf you can't you can't do it do that um, <laughs> unless you just you just use like north carolina <laughs> and you just travel we're gonna be in charlotte <laughs> yeah there's enough courses there to, to hold us um but usdgc i think is a good final talking point because so they came out and announced they they, they basically said that they well, this is what their statement. They'll hopefully will allow fans and hopefully foreign players will be able to play. They said something along those lines. But the, the thing that's interesting to me is hopefully allow pl- it's fans. It's grapefruit and cactus. Cactus. Interesting. The thing that was interesting to me was hopefully allow fans because we're talking October now. The only thing that makes sense to me is if there was a second wave, it would probably be around that time. Um, so that could be interesting. But the, the biggest uh, yeah. question is As soon as it gets raised, started getting cold again. Yeah. The biggest question it raised for me is the qualifying process. Because oh, all these tournaments you're supposed to be qualifying at. A lot at. of these silver... Silver cups. Uh, there's a lot of A-tiers, just random A-tiers, that the top five, things like Pro Worlds, things like that, are, are all in the air. Wow. A lot of them are gone. So they've, they've proposed two different solutions, and I figured our final talking point could just be which one we think they should go with. Um, they proposed one, which is just an extra day or two of pre-tournament qualifying. So okay. instead of it being Monday qualifying, possibly like Saturday, Sunday, Monday qualifying or something like that. Would you go? Yeah. If it was multiple days, I'd go. Too. I'd go. I mean, just go play that course for three days and just yeah. hope for the best. But yeah, they said possibility of an extra day or two of pre-tournament qualifying or a drastically smaller field size. Okay. So I have, you know, I, I'll, let me, let's talk about both. So the first one, it's great because I still think you'd get a ton of people out there. Yeah. But, you know, you might just have someone shoot like really hot that doesn't deserve it but i feel like that happens anyways with monday not in the most yeah. recent years but it, it probably but has that's only past. but how many people get in five right but now we're talking much more than five people yeah. that's also another big question mark is how many people are we talking well just a normal field size well i'm saying it could be 50 people or it could be 10 depending on how many turns right. get rescheduled so let's just say i'm talking i'm talking more than 10 okay let's say 50 people because then you have 50 people who had to like you know place really high in like a, a a good tournament or they just played one good round yeah. because like you could get in and no offense but like we shouldn't be playing USCDC. No. so like but that also brings us to the smaller field size because oh they could see my blanket because <laughs> we've talked about that before where um you know the whole smaller field size thing like is that's good right because but USDGC is already a small field size because they've already narrowed it down. It's already the, the best who of the qualified. Best. Yeah. So how much smaller can you go from yeah. the best of the best? Unless I mean, you make you this a lot like smaller. Unless you make this like a, a forty-five person field. Yeah. Because personally, I mean, outside of the top thirty, I don't think anyone else really is going to yeah. win. I, so. I could see but. it. To, um, I think if they do <laughs> the qualifying beforehand, yeah, it needs to be a multiple round tournament. Uh huh. It needs to be a Saturday, Sunday. That works for me. A Saturday, Sunday tournament at Winthrop Gold. You play it. 
you know, the top, if you're given, instead of cashing in the tournament, you get a USDGC spot. That works for me because then you, that takes you away the whole, the whole one, one round shooting hot thing because you might shoot six under one round and then shoot 13 over. That's very realistic. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying for us AMs. Yeah. But like, if you're going to have a pros go out there, then they're going to shoot I feel consistent like and then they'll get that spot. If someone shoots two rounds in a row, good. That's all they had to do at an A tier anyways. Right. So, and if you do it on Winthrop gold yeah. and you prove, Hey, I belong in the top. 30 or whatever whatever it's gonna be yeah maybe see the hard part is how do you decide who plays in that in the qualifying yeah anybody can then at that point but then how do you open it that big <laughs> because then what if you'd have to have shotgun starts all day for shotgun oh. you have to have tea times all that's day. what i meant to say tea times all day but then like mm, but then i mean how do you narrow the field size the next day i i i Mm. you'd have to have a cut after you can't you can't because one, that's the whole one round thing someone might shoot a, it's 10 a under nightmare uh, you know 10 over one round and then 10 under the next round to me you invite you have a, a field size cap on this proposed tournament that i'm making up in my head you have a field size cap let's say it's 300 people that you know i can get through 300 people tea time in a day on winthrop gold and the people who start at four o'clock are going to finish because winthrop gold if if you let people just go and go and go, if Yuli shows up at, which I don't know why I picked Yuli, but he was the first one came to my mind. If Yuli rolls up at four o'clock, he might not finish his first round. And then even though he absolutely should be in the tournament, he doesn't get in the tournament. Because that's, he hasn't those, finished the round? Because he didn't. dark? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I would be thinking about. So to me, you, as soon as you make the decision, that's what you're going with. You start with the top rated player that's not qualified based on previous qualifications, previous winners, stuff like that. Okay. And you just go down the list and send an invite to this qualification tournament to each one of them. If they don't respond within the first however many weeks or whatever, you go until you have 300 people that are signed up. And to get into the tournament, maybe you you have to pay something, obviously, because you have to pay yeah. the Monday to qualify. But it wasn't a lot of but money. But there's no... Yeah, but there's no cash payout in this tournament. Right. It's The payout is... Well, there's not in... There's not a Monday qualifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's no cash payout. You pay 50 bucks or something Yeah, and you're guaranteed to play in the tournament. That's it. And so then there's 300 people in this field. They play the top. Let's say you needed a hundred spots. The, the top hundred, one third of the field gets a USDGC spot and then they play starting Wednesday. That would be sick. And I would still, it wouldn't get down to me. Right. But if it somehow got to the mid nine sixties or by play. that point, maybe nine thirties, <laughs> I play. Yeah. Um, but I think that would, I think that's the way to do it. But what, it, okay. So what if you don't do the whole choosing who qualifies and you do, um, you know, you do, uh, because if you really think about it, right, how many people there's a hundred and something in the field. I honestly don't know the field. size. That sounds right. Okay. I don't know the field. size. And how many people qualify, try and qualify on a Monday? Oh, a lot. Yeah. But they're, like, they're there all day from 7am till it gets dark. Right. No, but, but I'm saying. 100 200 but just add like add 60 more people because only 60 people got in that's not really that much worse than you know what you're thinking it's probably true right so then maybe you can add up uh, what if you do the tournament style that you're saying but open up another local course so mm. um so then you have like 600 people run through which at that point is unrealistic if you're having let's just say 200 people on a given day on a given Monday and then only 60 people didn't get in. So 260, you could still run through Winthrop gold in a day or lots to think yeah. about kid. I mean, obviously we're, we're just speculating well, yeah, because we have no now. idea, what, <laughs> but another solution I just came up with is you have the qualifying 
like we're talking about, a few extra days, and that's yeah. open to anyone. But each manufacturer is given oh my three to four spots to give to players to come play. Wow. Guaranteed. Okay, that's cool too. So that way they make sure, hey, I want to make... Paul's already in, but I want to make sure for, let's say, Discraft, I want to make sure, you know, Yuli, let's throw Corey Ellis in there. Let's get... Page Adam Hammis, they, I mean, Paige they, Pierce. They would. Yeah, so there we go. We have our four. Yeah. I don't know why I said Coriolis. He was just one of the first yeah. people who came to my mind. But, you know, you give them four to each major manufacturer. The, for people that are not qualified yet. Yeah. And then that brings it down to probably only like 10 people that you're going to need to qualify on a yeah. on Monday anyway. And then you're back to you could just run on Monday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe something like that. But if they do cut the field all the way down, what does that really change at the end of the day? If they cut it down... I still don't big. get how if they if they say a potentially drastically small field size, how are they still filling that field? Are you doing really? only people that are previously qualified, like last ten from last year and previous winners? Or like like I don't get what the the World drastically rankings? smaller field. I don't know. I don't know how you fill that still. Maybe they're just saying drastically smaller field, like all those spots we were going to give to these tournaments before, they're just gone. Yeah, and then that would make sense, right? The tournaments that have played the rest of the year, plus the normal Monday qualifying, that's all the spots that are there. That makes sense. Maybe that's what they're saying. But a drastically smaller field size. Then what, you're going to have a lot of people try and qualify on a Monday then. Yeah. But what does that change tournament-wise? I don't think any. Well, I don't think anything. Because then you have the best of the best, which we already had for yeah. USCDC, of the best of the best of the best. Yeah. I don't think anything. I think I it think makes it a much more prestigious event. Only thing it might change to right. me is players make more money at the event. Well, okay. I didn't, wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. That's the only you thing. make a lot see. more money. Yeah, because the money doesn't have to go as deep. The, the money only goes 15 people, not even. Yeah. That's half. Uh, but, I mean, well, obviously... I'm thinking 30 people. But. Yeah. Obviously, you know, then you come into the issue of, I came in 20th at USDGC and I didn't cash. <laughs> right. Uh, but but, but it's 20 a weird, out of 30 people. Yeah. But, but I also think that it wouldn't be 30. I think drastically smaller to them, because I know them, it'd probably be like 90. Yeah, I'd say 90 to 100 is what I was thinking. Yeah. When I read drastically smaller. Um that definitely is going to be interesting to see how it plays out, though. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm excited about... I don't know. I'm excited about the possibilities of that, what could happen with that tournament. Because um, I, th- I think we might see... We might see something that gets modeled of like, wow, we cut this field size... But this works. ...to the best of the best. The only thing that you're missing is players every play there's, there seems to be a player every year that has a breakout usdgc okay yeah you could potentially be missing that player yeah because you they know had going, all year though right they had all year yeah but i'm just saying going into it it could have been a you know it, there just seems to be players that you haven't really heard much of and then they just tear it up at usdgc and then they're a household name yeah they had all year they had the same opportunities as everyone but that's the only downside i could see of drastically smaller field size i it's definitely People are gonna roast us can you even comment i guess you can't even comment on this uh, I don't know. Well, I'll post some of it on YouTube. This will probably be clipped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that, unless you have something else to talk about, that's going to wrap up our, our main topic there. Yeah, no. Uh, Hunter, it was a blast doing audio only. A little yeah. weird because I stared at you the entire time. Yeah, so it, I had nothing else to look at. You know, usually I'm looking at myself or like the comments here on my phone. You could have looked at yourself. We're still on the screen there. Yeah, but that's weird <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not talking to anybody. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Now I am talking to you. Then All I'm right. To them. But anyway, yeah. uh, a little bit of disc. Uh, wow. Disc- little little bit of foundation news before we wrap up the show. Uh, we have a Discraft restock. Is this is this updated? Yeah. 
we have a Discraft restock coming in soon. We've to be re- honest with you, I've just left that on there the past <laughs> every single podcast. We've restocked many times during this. Uh, we can't order quarantine. enough Lunas, to be honest with you. We also can't order enough zones because I realized yeah. when I placed the restock order, we had a lot of zones. And we guess what we have three of? Zones. We have zones. Like three and so guess who's placing the Discraft restock next week? <laughs> Us. <laughs> um, but yeah, Discraft restock coming yet again soon. It should be here any day because I placed it last thursday or friday okay so it should be here any day now by the time you're listening to this it might already be online the other thing is we have some new stamps in the works for foundation and supreme flight dude um i I don't know if i should be but i'm more excited for the foundation stamp that i think you know which one i'm talking about mine yeah i'm more excited for that should i not have said that i I don't i don't think it matters so yeah i mean we uh bombshell yeah we we did our first youtube stamp is how i'm gonna call it yeah like it, i don't know it was a per like what you or me yeah our first like yeah uh, yeah our first stamp that we're it's we not are like in. a big player <laughs> i don't know I, it, it's cool and it's i, I think I, I haven't ran this by you but i think what i want to do is post and it'll probably already be up by the time they hear this post on patreon a like clip of like a corner or something yeah. And have people try to guess yes. what the stamp is. That's cool. And the, the person who guesses it right gets one sent to them. But the fact that I said that it's me, people are going to know what it is. People will know it's you, but I... Okay. What else is it going to be? I don't know how we can guess it. You, you, you would have to do it before this goes up. But then they... Only the first... Well, we could do that. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, I don't want to announce what the full stamp is. No, don't. But we'll just say... I'll I'll let the winner know on Patreon. Yeah, if they if they won, um, the stamp should be released here shortly. We have to wait for Discraft to kind of reopen before we can get that in. But as soon as Discraft reopens, guys, we have Supreme we Flight stamps coming, dude. We've got something in the news that is going to shock the disc golf world. Personally, I think is what's going to happen. I think no one's going to see it coming. I think people are going to crap themselves. I think people are going to love it. I think people are going to hate it. I could not agree more. I think, I'm excited. Dude, it's going to be the biggest. It's going to be close to the biggest disc golf news of 2020. Yeah, probably. Probably. And yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about as good a note as we could possibly choose to end the show on. Dude, I liked audio only. I did too. We'll see if everyone else liked it, but uh, yeah. it was relaxed. And it also means that we can shoot this at whatever time of day we want. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also wearing a blanket. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you don't already, check us out over on YouTube at Foundation Disc Golf. Check us out on Instagram at Foundation Disc Golf. Twitter at Foundation DG. We had to switch it up somewhere. And Facebook, <laughs> Foundation Disc Golf. Uh, as don't well, forget about Supreme Flight. Oh, yeah. As well as our website, FoundationDiscs.com. And some sick custom stamps over at <laughs> SupremeFlight.com. Uh, I, think that, I think I hit everything. I think you did. All right. So, other All right. than that. I'll see, I guess we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week.